has now killed more than 100 people in China, and new cases have been confirmed around the world. So you don't want to frighten the American public. France and South Korea have also got evacuation plans. Which you need to prepare for and assume. Strongly warning Americans to avoid all non-essential travel to China. That this is going to be a real serious problem. France, Australia, Canada, the US, Singapore, Cambodia, Vietnam, the list goes on. Health officials are investigating more than 100 possible cases in the US. Germany, a man has uh, contracted the virus. The epidemic is a demon and we cannot let this demon hide. Japan, where a bus driver uh, contracted the virus. Coronavirus has killed more than 100 people there and infected more than 4,500. We have to prepare for the worst, always, because if you don't and the worst happens. War Room Pandemic. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. You're in the War Room. It is 3 October, year of our Lord 2020. We're doing specials today. The first special was uh, President Trump and the CCP virus. We were honored to have Miles go on for the entire hour. Explosive, explosive, explosive. We're going to now have in the second hour about the Vatican's deal with the devil. But we got breaking news and uh, special with Brian Mayor Rudy Giuliani. We're on Newsmax TV, Real America's Voice, which is Dish Channel 219, John Frederick Radio Network, G News, GTV, and Mandarin throughout the world. The show's on fire because of our distribution partners. Remember, almost 16 million downloads on the podcast okay i want to now turn to uh i do we i think we have mayor rudy giuliani uh the president's <laughs> lawyer and also the president's i think uh, consigliere mayor giuliani thank you very much for taking time away from your busy day to join us tell us i mean where do we stand right now we're one month out from the from the uh from the election and the president now has the CCP virus, and of course, much of his high command has it. Bill Stepien, the campaign manager, Kellyanne Conway, former senior uh, advisor. You've got the first lady's got it. We just breaking news: Senator Ron Johnson, who put out the uh, report on Hunter Biden in China this week. Obviously, the Ukraine, the big report he was doing, but it also had the China part of it. Miles Groh's been on here saying, "Hey, I've been warning about this for years, in particular the last nine months." The Chinese Communist Party is very focused on taking down America. And now they're sitting there saying, hey, nobody in America can hide from this because now it's in the Oval Office and the President of the United States has this. Can you give us an update? What, what, what you're thinking about where we stand 30 days after this election, now that the senior commander of the Republican Party, Rana McDaniel, uh, and others have this virus, where do we stand right now? Well, I think we just, uh, we just move ahead as if... Nothing happened. I mean, the president is going to be president to be OK. Everybody else is going to be OK. This is a good lesson for the American people that we can fight through this. I mean, the president contracted this because he wouldn't go hide in a bunker or hide in a basement like his opponent. Imagine if the president of the United States had done what Joe Biden did for the last four or five months. This country would be traumatized. I mean, part of part of this is absolutely doing the right things to do the best you can to control the disease. The other part of it is not to let it paralyze you and destroy you as a nation, as a person. I mean, it's like going too far in dealing with any disease. This is a disease that has a certain fatality rate. The fatality rate now is not that abnormal. It can be de dealt with. It can be uh, treated. I think the president's going to show that. Meanwhile, the rest of us, luckily, I took a test. I was there, and I'm negative. And so are a lot of other people. So we gotta, we got we to gotta pick up the baton for a couple of days and keep this campaign going. He's in total communication with everything and everyone. 
he's basically feeling well enough that under normal circumstances, he'd probably fight right through it and function. Uh, so no reason to get alarmed. We should be out there making a case for him. He'll be back in a few days, if not a week, uh, on, in, full, in full swing. Meanwhile, he's on the phone. You know how he uses that phone. It's like a weapon. And uh, I'm, I'm sure very soon he'll be doing virtual events. And meanwhile, we've got a whole group of people that are ready to go out there and pick up the ball for a little while for him. He's been doing it for us now for three and a half years. And I say to his supporters, it's time for you to step up. This guy, this guy has worked 24-7 for three and a half years or more under circumstances, you know, Steve, that were torture. I mean, this is, not the, this is the least of what, what they've done to him, the coronavirus. He'll get over this, trying to impeach him, trying to indict his family. Uh, when they couldn't impeach him on one thing, making up another thing, putting out all kinds of horrible things about him that turned out not to be true. I, mean, I don't think this man has had one day in the White House in which the Democrats having deliberately tried to, in essence, torture him. So he'll get, he's tough enough to get through this. I, I, got, I got a report on him this morning. He's making calls. He's fine. He's going to be okay. He's taking all the right medicines, and he's making progress. And, boy, when he comes back with the energy that he has, he'll make up for whatever days he missed. Uh, Mayor Giuliani, talk about the, the, the right medicines. I think, and I want to frame this in the correct way, but, you know, we've had uh, Dr. Uh, uh, Zelenko on here. We've had Dr. Risch. We've been a big proponent of hydroxychloroquine as a prophylactic, but particularly early-stage therapeutic. Um, I think what um, uh, got the attention, let me put it the nicest way, of his most ardent uh, followers and the, and the people like Jack Maxey and others are really stay very close to the medicine here is the treatment that was last night you know I'm not saying shocking but it looks like they were in some method of trying to hit him with many different new um, medicines some are not even or in the experimental stage of, of FDA and actually ended the evening with taking remdesivir which you know usually has been about when you have a viral load that's spiking and, of course, Daily Mail had this story that came out 10 o'clock last night. CNN and MSNBC stayed on it to the early morning hours about people around him were saying, hey, he's having a tough night. Uh, you know, he, he's having a tough time. <laughs> this is I don't know who's there. Well, so when you combine that with remdesivir, and, and I know that you've been, uh, been someone that's actually, you know, introduced Dr. Zelenko to the world and others on the hydroxychloroquine, why is it that the, the the therapy of the therapeutic that many of the people that you know in, in the Trump movement have looked at and backed Dr. Rich and backed uh, others on this early stage being a uh, being an early stage therapeutic all of a sudden uh, the doctors are flying helicoptering into Walter Reed putting him on the plasma and these other you know pre FDA approved and then late at night we hear these on remdesivir which I believe was this thing given to Boris Johnson right before he went on a, uh, a ventilator. So how does that, you're, you're very close to him, how does that fit with, hey, this, he's going to work through this, he's working the phones, we're going to be fine in a couple of days. Sure. Uh, the, 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 the issue is he's the President of the United States. Every doctor around him, you know, career is ruined if anything happens to him, uh, which is, you know, just human. And therefore, they're going to they're gonna do things for him that they wouldn't necessarily do for anyone else they, because they don't want to have the risk that something happens to him. 
So he, he's in the hospital for only one reason, really. He could easily be at home. He's in the hospital because if, God forbid, something does happen and they need a machine right away, instead of having to bring it into the White House or figure out how to get it in the White House, figure out the right room to put him, within two minutes he can be on that machine. That is not necessary. That hasn't happened. So when they say excess of caution, that's what it means. I'm, I'm comfortable, although I can't disclose it, I'm comfortable that he's getting the right medicines. And I should tell you, you know, I tested negative, and I'm taking uh, hydroxychloroquine for five days as a, as a prophylactic, as well as zinc, uh, because I believe that that's the most effective thing that you can do at the early stages. And I can't, I have my own thoughts about all the medicines that he's getting, but I'm not really free to disclose it. All I can do is assure people he's, he's in good shape, and it seems to be working. The medicine seems to be working. It is, not, it, it, it is not the same thing as if, um, you know, they came here and rushed me to the hospital. Uh, when you're dealing with the president, you anticipate everything going wrong. Like, all of a sudden, for no reason, he starts to have some kind of a terrible episode. When you got the machine right there, meanwhile, at the way they fig figured it up at uh, Walter Reed, it's like almost like the Oval Office. So he's got everything there. He's able to communicate. Meanwhile, the doctors can be in there in one minute. So far, that hasn't been necessary or even close to necessary. Uh, real quickly, I know you've been very complimentary of the campaign and what Bill Stepien and Jason Miller and others uh, have been doing, as so have I. They had an article in Politico last night that put me back a little bit saying the campaign was kind of in shock and still trying to regroup about the president having coronavirus. Wasn't, wasn't there a plan B kind of assuming that, hey, this guy's out all over, he's doing so many things, there's obviously the risk of getting coronavirus. Is there a plan B in the campaign immediately to pivot? Yes. Put yourself out there, others, Don Jr., Eric, some of the great spokesmen, Kimberly Guilfoyle, others to put them forward to do the events, but then go digital. Well, particularly, we, we have a massive audience of deplorables. They're waiting to hear what's plan B now that the president's got the CCP virus and is going to have to shake it off over a couple of days. What's plan B for the campaign? Well, the plan is to really task the people you're talking about and a few others to take up the take up uh, the baton for him. I mean, okay, our our leader our leader has to get a little rest. <laughs> well, I guess they're in a little shock because he never needed any rest before. So, yeah, there is a plan B, but I don't think anybody ever thought they needed because this guy, you know, outworked all of us. So now it's time to do a little work for him. And I I think all the key people you mentioned and a few more. I'm going to be out there in the next several days, uh, trying to keep the message out there, pointing out that this is uh, this. You know, he's he's going through what the American people are going through. I think, in a way, there's something about this that allows him to say, I, you know, I know what you're going through. I've gone through it myself, and I think uh, as he emerges from it, he's going to be able to show we shouldn't be as frightened about this disease as Joe Biden wants to make us. You can get this disease. And you'll live through it. It is not. It is not like cancer was 20 years ago. You know, it isn't like you had when, when they had stomach cancer 20 years ago. It was a death sentence. This is not a death sentence. This is, in fact, the odds are even at 75, 80, 85 years old, the odds are in your favor. You're going to live, and you're going to come through it immune. So, sure, we'd like to get rid of it completely. And pretty soon, hopefully, there'll be a vaccine. But until then, this should not paralyze us. And when the President of the United States would act that way, if it were Joe Biden, can you imagine 
the, the panic it would create in this country. Imagine if Joe Biden tried to run the country from the basement of the White House. I think the fact that the president was out there, took the risk that he would get it. That's what a leader does. I mean, a, 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 the greatest generals are the generals that get in front of their army. I mean, that's what MacArthur used to do. That's what Patton used to do. That's what Grant used to do. When the army, when the army feels a little down and, and, and they feel like they're getting beaten, so I remember the story about MacArthur. He took his jeep and he went right to the front. And they asked Bradley, uh, doesn't he think he can be killed? And Bradley says, no, he thinks he's immortal. Well, that's, a leader has to have some of that. That's how you inspire people. You can't, I can't tell you how much more respect I have for President Trump, the way he's handled this. And he knew all along, he knew he had this risk all along. And it's unfortunate it had to happen. But I think something good can come out of it. I think the American people can see a, a side of him, the strength of his character that, gosh almighty, the guy on the other side. I mean, imagine five months in a basement for a president. I mean, you might as well turn the country over to the vice president if you're going to do that. So I think something Man. really good can come out of that. And I think all of his supporters have got to pick up now. we got a minute left. Where, where do you think we stand 30 days out for the Trump base? Where do you think we stand 30 days out? Uh, 30 days out. Do we have a shot? Does the president have a shot to win this, although the polls are not looking yeah, right? Yeah, I, 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 think, I think people don't just like Donald Trump. They love him. Nobody loves Joe Biden. Nobody's enthusiastic about Joe Biden. And they're voting for him knowing he's, he's, uh, he's impaired. And some of them are voting for him knowing he's crooked. In, in the case of people voting for Donald Trump, they're voting for him because they know he's a great leader. And I'd urge those people who haven't made up their minds, I mean, isn't that what you want leading America? You want somebody who's a fighter? Sure, he may get injured in the fight. This is an injury. He's gotten worse injuries from the Democrats, the kind of garbage they've done to him. But this is the kind of guy you want leading your country in what is going to be a very, as you pointed out in your show, a very difficult time against China. And the last guy in the world who could possibly lead this country with China being our adversary is a guy that China owns and, who's, who, and they own his family, Joe Biden. I mean, they've paid him so much money, it's obscene. The man shouldn't even be running. So I think this is going to help the president. You've got a daily show at four o'clock and it's four o'clock in the afternoon, or three o'clock in the afternoon, or four o'clock on WABC. Three to four on WABC and my podcast, Rudy'sCommonSense.com, and you were my and last got, guest. <laughs> and you've got and you've got a Sunday you've got a Sunday morning show on WABC, also ten a.m. Tomorrow morning, tomorrow morning, Dr. Ryan and I will be on, and we'll be we'll be talking about this on WABC at eleven at eleven o'clock. Ten to eleven. We'll put your social media up later. Thank you, Rudy Giuliani. Uh, thanks, Stephen. And you're doing a great job. The interview with Miles was terrific. I heard the whole thing. People, people got to embrace that. They got to understand what's happened to us. We are in a kind of war. I don't mean a shooting war, but we are in a war with them. And boy, the last guy that should be involved in that is Joe Biden. Thank you, Mary Rudy Giuliani. I'll be back in a moment. War Room with Stephen K. Bannon. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Welcome back here in Midtown Manhattan, uh, anchoring, uh, anchoring the show today. You're in the war room, uh, breaking news all over. They're about to start a press conference uh, with uh, Commander Conley, Stephen Conley, who's the per president's personal physician. Uh, and uh, we will go to that as there, if there's breaking news. And that. we've got Jack Maxey 
in the worm in Washington, D.C., in the nation's capital on Capitol Hill, uh, monitoring Walter Reed in the press conference. We just had Mayor Rudy Giuliani want to thank Miles Grove for a really a fire-breathing first hour on his new warning to America. And I want to thank, we're going to bring in now Liz Yor, uh, who's our Vatican expert. This is the second part of our special, The Vatican's Deal with the Devil. Uh, huge breaking news out of Rome this week with Mike Pompeo. Uh, Liz, thank you. Uh, and I want to thank Mayor Giuliani for taking time of a busy schedule to give us an update as the president's lawyer and his, his closest advisor. Liz, set the stage here. This is the second big massive event this week. One is the CCP virus comes to the Oval Office. The second, and really the, the most important up until then, was the Vatican's total dismissal of the Secretary of State, who essentially flew to Rome to have a meeting, right, and was that really dissed and dismissed by the Vatican. The whole world's Catholic community is up in arms, and now a lot of politicians with the geopolitics of it. Set the stage. What is Pope Francis doing cutting a secret deal or extending the secret deal with the, the atheistic Chinese Communist Party, exactly opposite of what John Paul II did in the takedown of the Soviet Union. Yes, yeah, Steve, the um, battle lines are being drawn. Um, our enemy, the CCP, the brutal regime of President Xi, has secured a surprising ally in, in the Vatican. And, you know, sending our great military leader, uh, Pompeo, I think has been an important step and in the words of that great military leader, leader, Sun Tzu, he said, in warning, and I think America should pay attention to this warning, if you know the enemy and know yourself, you need not fear the result of a hundred battles. If you know yourself, but not the enemy, for every victory gained, you will suffer a defeat. If you know neither your enemy nor yourself, you will be succumbed in battle. Well, Mike Pompeo understands those words, and that's why he personally delivered the strong message to the Vatican this past week. Now, the Vatican didn't like it, but it was necessary to tell them, to call them out, and we know that it is causing a firestorm. And interestingly, I think this is a wake-up call for all the cardinals who have been very quiet, not supporting dear Cardinal Zen, who is... Uh, sounding the alarm about the Vatican. Just today, we saw Cardinal Muller, the great uh, theologian who um, is from Germany, calling out this um, relationship, this ally of the Vatican and the CCP. And what's really going on, Steve, is that um, you know President Trump understands that he is in a biblical challenge against the demonic forces of the New World Order. And he's going to be fine, he's going to recover, and he's going to come back stronger. And our Chinese freedom fighters that you have shown on the show, they understand the importance of exposing this evil pact between the Vatican and the CCP. Because we're now in a epic war, a spiritual war, with the forces that are lining up. And we better know who our enemy is. And this is, this is what's happening. It's a big weekend for the Vatican. The, the Pope is going to unveil yet another encyclical called Fratelli Tutti, which means all brothers. And what this is going to be is going to be yet again another 
new age, new world order, um, environmental spiritualism, call to action. And, and frankly, you know, this is a pope that has said, shockingly, that the virus is caused by our climate crisis. This is the big lie that the Chinese are going to be using the Vatican. They're going to be using the Vatican as cover to buy their silence about the violence that is going on, the spiritual warfare, the persecution of Christians and Catholics, but they're also buying the silence of the Vatican about the CCP. And this is, this is what's going on, and this is why we have to alert the world about this insidious China-Vatican deal. Because it is, you know, in 2017, President Xi said, all roads lead to Rome. He was setting the stage for what is going to be happening in Rome, the advancement of the globalist agenda. And Francis is the willing and complicit servant of the CCP. And that's why you see the Vatican Bank is now starting to implode with scandals, financial scandals, um, as big as the sexual abuse scandals. Um, they're, they're starting to unfold right now. I was very interested in what Miles had to say about the Vatican being, uh, the Vatican Bank being a laundry, laundering facility for the CCP. Um, but this, this is where it's all going to be happening. And to, you know, to our shock, we, real, we thought, oh, well, we're going to have another pope that's much like um, John Paul II, St. John Paul II, a battler, a warrior against uh, communism. Um, and this is not happening. In fact, we have an ally of communism. And so, what so we're going to Liz, let me, let me ask you, last time I checked, I thought the Pope was supposed to be the vicar of Christ on earth. This is what people's heads are blowing up. How did the vicar of Christ get into the business of cutting secret deals for cash money with the biggest uh, totalitarian, atheistic, materialistic government on earth whose number one priority is to strip any spiritual yearning or development of their own people? How did we get into this situation? Steve? We got to this situation because of Ted McCarrick, um, the bag man for the, for the Vatican, the former bishop of New York, the former cardinal of Washington, D.C., a power broker um, that uh, wheeled and dealed with all the global powers, uh, most especially the democratic powers in our country. Um, he, he traveled around the world for Hillary Clinton and um, for Bill Clinton and also for Barack Obama. He was the secret behind the Cuba deal, um, which to our horror into the Cuban freedom fighters in Miami, a secret deal that uh, neutralized and normalized relations with Cuba. But uh, McCarrick is a communist. He is a sexual predator. He was given free reign by Pope Francis he was resurrected by Pope Francis when he was put out to pasture by Pope Benedict. And this is the man who was sent at least four times to China on behalf of Pope Francis to begin negotiations with the CCP. And so as a result, this isn't surprising 
that we have one of the most notorious, evil, compromised men negotiating with the CCP on behalf of the Vicar of Christ. You know, when, when Pope Francis came out on the loggia um, on March 13, 2013, he did not talk about being the Vicar of Christ. He identified himself as the Bishop of Rome. And many were very concerned about that because he didn't put on the traditional dress um, that the Pope uh, puts on. He um, talked about himself as the Pope of Mercy. This is a papacy of a cult of personality. And this cult of personality is promoting the new world order, the um, environmental agenda, the agenda of the CCP, the globalist agenda. It's shocking, but it's a reality that Catholics have to embrace and realize that this man has been doing the bidding of the CCP, and he has been doing the bidding, quite frankly, of Joe Biden and the Democratic Party. You know, this is, you know the joke in the Catholic world was that McCarrick was the Democratic Cardinal. You know, when, when they needed somebody to bury or somebody to marry them, they always called on, you know, the notorious sexual predator, McCarrick. Well, it's all coming home to roost because he had a hand in choosing uh, Pope Francis. And Pope Francis, from the moment he stepped on to the loggia, has been carrying out the agenda, um, the environmental agenda, the globalist agenda. And now... Um, and, and I'm thrilled that, that um, Pompeo went out there. As the general, he understands. Identify your enemy, call your enemy out, and he had to do that at the Vatican. And, Steve, the Vatican is very thin-skinned. And despite, you know, not meeting with um, Pompeo, everybody knows that the, this is a cheap, um, unmerciful, if you will, uh, shot by the Vatican. Um, but... Liz, we're going to take a quick commercial break and come back. We've got, uh, we've got Jasmine from uh, China who's going to tell us what it's like to be a Christian under the boot of the Chinese Communist Party. We've got Church Militant. We're going to get Canon212, some of these great uh, websites that put up news. Uh, we, uh, this is the Vatican's Deal with the Devil. My co-host is Liz Yor, uh, who is uh, telling it like it is, just like Mike Pompeo, the Secretary of State, did in Rome this week. We're going to take a short commercial break. We're going to return with the Vatican's deal with the devil on War Room Pandemic in just a moment. Dr. Stephen Conley has not taken, uh, I guess, the podium at Walter Reed. We'll get an update from Jack Maxey when he does. 
this is the uh, Vatican's deal with, with the devil, the second part of our special aid. Miles Guo on to first to give a warning to America about the Chinese Communist Party, and it's time America started to wake up. Liz Yours, my co-host, she's been giving a warning about uh, the Chinese Communist Party's secret deal with the Vatican. want to now go to someone who's had to live under the boot of the Chinese Communist Party, and that is Jasmine. She joins us on the phone. Jasmine, can you tell our American audience what it's like to be a Christian, a professed Christian, and have to live under the authoritarian rule of the atheistic Marxist government in Beijing of the Chinese Communist Party? Oh, hi, uh, Mr. Stephen Bano. Thank you for having me again. Yes, uh, we all know that the Chinese Communist Party doesn't respect any religion, and yet they're controlling all the churches in China under the uh, Free South Patriotic Church umbrella. So any church that doesn't uh, compromise with their uh, leadership they will be uh, labeled and subject as uh, illegal churches and will be subject to a crackdown. And many faithful believers and church leaders don't want to compromise their doctrine. So they then seek the alternative of getting into uh, underground churches, family worship, but uh, the government is constantly cracking down these uh, worship sites in uh, forcing you to join the uh, patriotic church. And if you don't, some of the leaders would be subject to arrest. But Jasmine, despite all this, the church... Jasmine, 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 let me ask you, in mainland China, does the Chinese Communist Party hold itself up as God and she is a God? I mean, do they really let any Christians or Buddhists or Catholics, do they really let anybody that has a spiritual inclination worship in the manner they want? Or do they hold the, the Chinese Communist Party up as basically God and she is a God? Well, what the Chinese Communist Party is doing, certainly they are considering themselves as God. That's why they uh, force people to post Communist Party's red flag and also uh, taking off the cross. Now, well, just look at the uh, international the international song that the Communist Party teaching everyone. Since we were in kindergarten, we were forced to learn with memory. It says no saviors from on high believers. No faith have way in prince and peer. So they want them to, they want everyone to worship the CCP, their leader, as the God. Jasmine, yes. this is Liz Yor. Um, I was wondering, we have been hearing that the persecution is being ramped up, not only against Catholics in the underground church, but even Catholics in the patriotic church, and that any bishops that are not joining the patriotic church or priests are being arrested, detained, and tortured. What do you hear? Exactly. So that anybody who doesn't want to compromise with the leadership of the patriotic church, whether you are underground or in the open church, you are subject to their uh, persecution. They can label you as illegal anytime they want. Let me ask you this. What's, what's the impact of the new law that is not allowing children to even worship 
anymore, anybody under the age of 18. This is not a new law. It's ever been since it's there. They don't allow children to worship under 18. They, they claim it as a brainwash. They don't allow the church to brainwash anybody younger than 18. So uh, during the worship time, if you bring children under 18, they're being ushered to a separate room. They're not allowed to sing uh, church hymnals. They're not allowed to listen to the sermon. They're just kept there as a nursery room. Uh, Jasmine, thank you very much uh, for joining us. I really appreciated your reports on uh, on what it's like to be a uh, professed Christian in uh, communist China is uh, always very moving. I want to thank you very much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. And we all pray for uh, President Trump and the First Lady for their quick recovery. The almighty hand and the healing hand of God will carry them through through this uh, stressful time. And we love you, Stephen Bannon, Mr. Stephen Bannon. Thank you, Jasmine. Really appreciate it. Appreciate the prayers for President Trump. Liz, your this is what I don't get. This is what I don't get. We have Jasmine and hundreds of these people from the whistleblower movement of the new federal state that come on the show every Saturday for months and months and months. It's obvious what the Chinese Communist Party does. It's obvious. And you look at what these devils do. They will not let the little children. What did, what did Christ say in the Sermon on the Mount? Right? Let the little children come to him. They particularly don't let the children hear the word of God. Right? And this is just not for Christianity or for Catholics. It's for the Tibetan Buddhists. It's for the Uyghurs. It's for the Falun Gong. They don't want any spiritual yearning, no spiritual teachings. These are bloodthirsty monsters. How can the Vatican, how can the Vicar of Christ be in a deal with these people? It's incomprehensible. Um, the, the CCP is literally eliminating faith in one generation. There will be no religions. They're wiping it out among children um, 18 and under. And you know, what's interesting is we have the Secretary of State, Mike Pompeo, telling the world about Catholic bishops that are being arrested and detained and tortured, and we get silence from, from the Vatican. So we have our own Secretary of State spelling out the horrible stories of martyrdom that are going on right now in China. Well, the man who should be, you know, has the pulpit as the vicar of Christ remains mum because his handlers in the, in the CCP are buying his silence. This, this, is, this is an issue and a news story and a reality that has to be um, recognized by the world. Steve, you know, you have brought this to the world. That's why you and that's why you and Archbishop Vigano, the whistleblower at the Vatican, are number one and two on the Vatican's what they describe as the anti-Francis list. Um, but you know, courage begets courage, doesn't it? And Mike Pompeo's courage was was recognized by other Secretary of States around the world. We, and Vigano's courage is now being recognized by other cardinals. So, you know, this is the time when we need to join forces, speak loud, and protest about this unholy alliance. Because, frankly, this is no longer the Holy See. This has become, with their new partnership with the CCP, the 
unholy seed. And as a lifelong Catholic, it's shocking to say these words, but it's a reality. And we can't put our head in the, sa in the sand. We have leaders in, in Trump and in Pompeo who are taking the battle to the world. This is a spiritual battle. And um, it's, you know, frankly, we are the ones that we have been waiting for. Every single person has a role to play in spreading the word about what's going on in the Catholic Church and in standing up and protesting about this unholy alliance. We're going to hopefully be joined in a second by uh, the head of church militant, Michael Voorhees, one of the most uh, outspoken critics of, uh, of the work of Post Francis. But I've got stunning news just reported. Chris Christie has just announced that he has the CCP virus. He is also infected. Uh, another member of the uh, president's um, a debate prep team, I think Kellyanne Conway and uh, Hope Hicks, Chris Christie, all now uh, have come down with the uh, CCP virus, the COVID-19. He just, I think he just reported that. Uh, pretty stunning announcement. The inner circle around President Trump now infected uh, with the CCP uh, virus. Uh, Jack Maxey is monitoring. Uh, I guess Commander Conley's uh, briefing at Walter Reed. Um, so, let's put into, um, I think what the audience keeps asking is, what can they down do about it? You know, you were one that gave me a heads up back in 2018 when I did the first live report about this from the roof of the convent, thanks to G News and GTV. And they were so stunned because, you know, the Chinese, all the young Chinese came to me and said, how can the Vatican sell us out? How can this happen? And so during that conference in 2018, I went to the rooftop and did a one-hour live broadcast on GTV and really was, I think, the first one to kind of walk through the secret treaty. Since that time, you know, people have asked, how do we shut it down? But now, uh, now, um, uh, you know, what can be done about it? I'll tell you what, before we get to that answer, we got Michael on from, uh, from Church Militant. Michael, uh, thank you for joining us here in our special, The Vatican's Deal with the Devil. You got Liz Yor and Stephen K. Bannon. Thank you very much for having me on, Stephen. And good Look, morning. You've been, you've been the fire breather that's been on this from the beginning. We've got a couple of minutes left in this segment. Walk us through what the American people should understand of how does the Vicar of Christ on Earth cut a deal with the most anti-religious regime in the world? How does that happen? Well, uh, one of the things is you have to understand his background of where he's come out from. Uh, you know, he was, you know, every single person, uh, prelate, pope, layperson, everything, but everybody's formed in the faith. And wherever that formation happens and whatever the circumstances of it happen, you know, they absorb that and they sort of see the church and the world and everything else through that particular lens. Well, he grew up in a world of, uh, you know, a community in South America where liberation theology, which is Marxist, we know from, you know, a number of years ago, uh, that was planted in South America specifically by the KGB to undermine the Catholic Church. They did a really good job. He grew up in that, although he didn't seem to embrace it as as wildly as some of the other people did. He kind of got castigated by some of his fellow bishops when he was in Argentina. Uh, but nonetheless, he you know you can't embrace any of that uh, without uh, diluting and polluting the faith. And to the degree that he's embraced it, its roots are Marxism, it's uh, globalism, you know, all, the, all, these, all these isms we're always talking about are essentially the same thing. So he comes to this from a 
love your neighbor, take care of the poor sort of thing. He's kind of drunk the Kool-Aid. <laughs> I think the people around him uh, are the ones actually pouring the Kool-Aid. They are absolutely 100% committed to this. They have no supernatural faith. I'm talking some of the cardinals around him, like Maradiaga, uh, and then the, you know, a number of American cardinals like Supic and you know all these guys. But you know they, they play the music he recognizes when they meet with him. It rings softly in his ears, and he embraces everything they say. Uh, that's a charitable view of it. I, I don't. It, it's it's hard to gauge, you know, because he'll come out and say something against, you know, various things about the sexual revolution, abortion, and contraception, and whatever. He'll say these things. You'll notice none of these other guys ever say anything about that, except to downplay it. <laughs> Any of the sexual morality they downplay it if they ever reference it at all. So I, it, my, my read is that he's been, uh, he just has this view of the world that's kind of naive, and he's been sort of schooled to think that the West and capitalism and everything about it, Western civilization, everything is bad thing, and, uh, and that just gets reinforced with him every day because of the, Michael, the cheap Michael, and the gay cardinals you? and everything else around him. Michael, can you hang out for one second? I'll hold you just briefly over the break. I sell a few commercials here to pay for this. We're going to return with the Vatican's Deal with the Devil. Liz, yours, my co-host, Michael Voorhees from Church Militants. Our guest will return in just a moment. War Room with Stephen K. Bannon. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. The Vatican's intelligence unit ought to be in full meltdown now because on War Room Pandemic, on our special, The Vatican's Deal with the Devil, we got four fire breathers. I'm the least of them, Stephen K. Bannon. We got Liz Yor, my co host. We got Michael Voorhees from Church Militant. We're going to be joined momentarily by Frank Walter of Canon 212. That's probably the biggest. Uh, the, the toughest fire-breathing team that the Vatican's ever uh, ever matched on this CCP endeavor. I want to go to Michael very quickly. Michael, we get asked all the time by our audience, what can American Catholics do to help stop this? Can you give some guidance in a couple of minutes? What can American Catholics do to stop the Vatican from going forward with this deal with the devil, this Marxist, atheistic, brutal dictatorship in Beijing? What can Catholics do? I think the first thing Catholics need to understand is the, uh, is the depth of this being such a spiritual war, and that's exactly what it is. We may be, I don't know, I'm not a prophet, I haven't had any visions, but we may be entering into the time of Antichrist, preparation for Antichrist. I don't know, but I don't know what the world would look like. Uh, I, would, well, I don't know what would be any different in preparation for it. You have mass apostasy in the Church and everything else. I think many Catholics, American Catholics, seem to have this something lays affair, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're breathing fire about it, and, you know, they, but, but that's sort of all they do. They just kind of argue in the, amongst themselves. But the idea that you somehow, and you see this a lot in traditional communities, I'm kind of above the fray. Uh, you know, this is really, you know, Donald Trump's a mean guy, you know, all this kind of, like, excuse-baiting stuff. You know, you've got to get involved politically in this, because, look, if the Trump administration, as we saw with Pompeo, they challenge Francis. And the, and the and you know the folks on this, uh, you know the only check left against communist China is a strong America uh, on the temporal level uh, is a, is a strong America and you know <laughs> you know 
Beijing, Biden is their ally. So if, if, if American Catholics don't realize that not only what's going on in China and the whole bit, that's just a precursor of what's going to happen here in a Harris-Biden administration. Uh, the Catholic Church will be unrecognizable within probably two years after uh, a win by Biden. So to be not involved in this politically and to think you're somehow above the fray and, you know, you, you don't want to get your hands dirty in politics and Donald Trump's a mean guy, and, uh, all the, you, know, you, <laughs> you know, you go to war with the army you got, and this is the army we got. And to sort of dismiss yourself from action and just retreat into piety, I think, is a really, really bad way to go. Michael Voorhees, thank you very much. Church Militant is one of the best sites out there. We're going to make sure we get a link. Honored to have you on the show today. I want to go to Frank Walker, Canon 212. It is the Drudge Report for conservative Catholics worldwide, an amazing site. Frank, the same question. What can American Catholics do today? What would you recommend? You run one of the most important news sites in the world for traditional Catholics. It's the Drudge Report for Catholics. What would you recommend to our audience they do today to help stop this deal between the Vatican and the Chinese Communist Party? I, I think it's a political issue, really. It's a, a, first, they have to pray. They have to, they have to use the traditional faith and, uh, and, and not compromise. But what, what they're doing right now, putting pressure on the Vatican, is good. Because I, you see with um, Trump, he's good at, at creating incentives for deals. And that's what Francis Church is. It's a, it's a bad deal. It's a Chinese deal. So pushing the pressure on China and getting China out of Italy and the Vatican are, are, are I think, the right approach. And they seem to be taking it, but... We can't, we can't do like half measures. We can't just have the old conservative, the old John Paul II, the old Vatican II approach. We have to do what Archbishop Vigano said today, which is that if we think you can just wait for the next pope to be a little better than Francis and think that's going to solve anything, you're wrong. That's what Archbishop Vigano said today. So um, I think that we have to look at Francis for what he is not really a Catholic, sort of a stunt that was perpetrated on the church by maybe Obama, maybe the left and the Chinese, and that needs to be corrected. I don't, I don't know how, but I think they're, they're making a start with it through the Trump administration by undoing this. See, Obama was sort of a coup uh, a perpetrator on um, Egypt, and, and he tried Syria, he tried Israel, he got Libya, and I think Francis is sort of a coup. And um, it needs to be undone legally through pressure and through, um, you know, the church law. Frank, uh, thank you very much. we got to jump. Canon 212 is an amazing site. We, we drive traffic to it every day. You guys are doing God's work. Thank you very much for your, uh, for your thoughts about this, particularly the thought about praying, right? We all got to do that <laughs> in this situation. Frank Walker. Canon 212. I want to go to very quickly, Jack Maxey, we've had Commander Connolly give an assessment. What's it, it, it summarized for it, curated for us? What's the condition of the President of the United States, sir? The President is doing very well this AM. His doctors say he was up walking around. He even remarked when they came in this morning that he felt like he was ready to get the heck out of there. 
Uh, he's in very good spirits. They say he's been working away in his private residence. His cardiac function is good. They've never seen any reason for him to be on oxygen. He did have a small cough on Thursday afternoon and a small fever on Thursday into Friday morning. Since then, he's had very few symptoms. He seems to be resolving everything very, very well. They talked about why was he hospitalized. The doctor said because he's the president of the United States. They got together. They decided on the course of treatment. He's in there extremely early because he's tested so regularly. Uh, the uh, therapies that they've given him should help resolve this in a very speedy fashion. Everything looks good. All of his doctors said that they don't see that he will ever need to have oxygen, that he is just as if he's in the White House, only he's at Walter Reed. And every single day, they are going to evaluate him and think about whether when he can leave. He said it's day by day. This president is in very strong. His heart is beating between 70 and 80. He's got no cholesterol, no blood pressure issues at all. Everything is very solid. They seem very confident. Jack, Jack, thank you very much. Liz, you're, you're a warrior for God. What's your Twitter handle so people can follow you, Liz? Elizabeth, your is my Twitter handle, and your children, Y-O-R-E, is my website. And let's end with a prayer by Bigano. Bless the United States of America and its president. And so that aware of his responsibilities and duties, he may be a knight of justice, a defender of the oppressed, and a firm bulwark against the enemies, and a proud supporter of the children of light. Children of light. See you Monday at 10 a.m.